0: Because, brother, you need the word. And if there are some things in your life right now, and they appear to be stale and and just not moving, I want to talk to you today from the subject of rivers of living water how to get some stuff moving, and, and how to get rid of some of the staleness. Open your Bibles to the book of John, the 7th chapter, and we're going to be reading a familiar verse that all of you have heard. So if you can't turn there right quick, don't worry about it. You're familiar with it. For those of you that are here live with us, it's in your program. John chapter 7, the 37th and the 38th verse. And it reads thus. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried. It, it, it's interesting that the King James Version says that Jesus stood and cried. It, it, it really means that he, he shouted, that he said with a loud voice. But there are sometimes people when, when those who are in leadership, they'll speak with a loud voice and they'll shout. But there is a point when they actually cry to the people. Please listen. Have you ever been at a situation where you've been pleading with someone and, and sometimes I've, I've seen situations where mothers will do this with children, where wives will do this with husbands, and they'll just be pleading with them. And, and even though their voice is raised, literal tears will drop from their cheeks. They're saying, will you please listen to me? I, I'm trying to tell you this for your own good. Please, I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Jesus stood and he cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And upon The last service, as I was sitting in this sanctuary... It was after a heavy rain, and we had a situation where there's a school behind the sanctuary, behind the church, and 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 it had really rained extremely heavy, and water had poured off the hill from across the street. It had flooded into our parking lot. There's such a heavy torrent of rain that it actually overflowed the sidewalk, and the basement to the church, the windows are at ground level, literally there even. ...even with the ground, and the waters had flooded so much they had flooded and gone into the window, into the basement, and it had soaked the carpet downstairs... And because it had soaked the carpet and the water had stood there for a couple of days, there was a musty smell that had risen from downstairs up into the sanctuary. And as I sat here in the pulpit, my nose was sensitive to it, and I was able to to smell that smell of the waters that had become stale. And there are too many instances where instead of living water... We have water that has become stale. And you see, people, whenever water sits and it does not move, stillness is one of the symptoms of death. If you want to check whether a person is dead, you check for certain movement. The first thing that you will do is see if their body will move in response to sound. Are you all right? Wake up. And if there is no movement, God will try to speak to us first. And sometimes his voice will come into our spirit. We hear it in our consciousness. Do right, my child. Don't do that. Straighten up and still. We don't move. One of the symptoms of death is stillness. It won't move. The next thing you will do is you will... Put your hand over their chest to see if you can feel a heartbeat. Anytime we've gotten to the point where our heart has become cold and callous and uncaring, it is a symptom of death. That's why heart disease is the leading killer of the physical body. It's also the leading killer of the spiritual body. We'll fail to see if there is a pulse, if there is movement in the heart itself. Some people, the, the hearts have just grown cold. Do you know how much stuff coldness of heart kills? Kills relationships. Coldness of heart causes wars. Coldness of heart because the heart has become still and will. But there's no movement. The next thing we'll do is we'll we'll put our ear or you, you'll put a mirror over their face to see if you can see the fog from the mist, from the humidity of, of respiration, to see if there is breath in the body. And, and if it is dead, there will be no breathing. Breath is a part of respiration. The meaning of spirit means respiration. And if there is no spirit, whenever our spirit becomes dead, there is a stillness and there is death. We'll check to see if the person is breathing. And if there was a dead person, even spirit can't do anything with them. You can lay hands on them all day long, and, and if they are resistant, cold and callous, they are dead and there's nothing you can do with them. And if it goes so far that still you've got no response, medical science will come in and they'll, they'll do a final test. They'll open the eyes and, and take a light and shine a light into the eyes. And if a person truly has life still left in the body, the pupils will respond. They will constrict and contract. They will respond to lights entering into the eye, but yet if you shine a light into a person's eye and the pupil does not move, they dead. When the light of God comes into our lives, you can shine a light all day long and some folk, when they are dead, they will not move. God is trying to put living waters into our lives, but you are often the spirit that has come not moving. We, we come to church and, and sometimes we're filled, but, but the stuff ain't moving. It's, it's just stagnant. You, you got a pool of, of, of spirit of all this word that has been breathed and, and shown into you and, 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 and piled into you. All of this water that has flowed into you, but it's still and it's not moving. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, are you moving? See, when real living spirit enters into you, you will start moving. You will start doing something. It will start producing some results. Some things will start happening. It will not stay in a stagnant pool to become stale. Because any time water stops moving, things will die and it will stagnate and it will mildew and it becomes poisonous. We need rivers of living water. And in that same book of John, the fourth chapter, it is the story of the woman at the well in Samaria that we have heard so many times of of where Jesus went to Samaria. John chapter 4, beginning at the seventh verse, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. They were going to get them some meat. Y'all said they were going to get them some meat. Now, 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 I know the Bible often means food, and, and I basically don't eat any meat but fish. But I'll tell you right now, there's nothing wrong with any meat as long as it's a meat that God told you you could eat. Now, the unclean stuff is not good for your body. It's not going to tear your spirit up, but it's not good for your body. The disciples went in to get them some meat. <laughs> then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me? which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. There is a type of water that... When you drink of it, you're thirsty. The, the medical and, and the, the health advice on water, you need to drink one half of your body weight in pounds and ounces every single day. If you weigh 150 pounds, you need to drink 75 ounces of water every day. You've got to have that water every single day. But Jesus said there's a certain type of water that if you partake of this, you will never thirst again. People, that is a revelation about life and about things, that if you can grab that revelation, it will eliminate from your life certain reasons of thirst. See, even thirst, it is a physical need. And, and, the, and the Bible says even with food and with thirst, with food and water, they, they represent material things. And just even if you got revelation on some material things, you've never thirst again. Do you know if you just got the revelation and if it truly entered into your spirit that you need to never spend more than you earn and always save and invest some of your money? Do you know if that revelation hits you, you'd never thirst again? See, thirst is not just drinking water. Thirst is an extreme hunger for water. If you just got that simple revelation, don't spend more than you make and always save and invest some of your money. Now, that, that seems like a simple revelation, but most folk don't have it. Most folk, and I, I, I've been in business a long time. I've seen people earning the same amount of money, same circumstances, same responsibilities. One broke, one got plenty of money. Because one had a revelation and one never thirsted. Another always parched. The difference was in the revelation. And one had a revelation and had grabbed it, and another needed water every single day and was always thirsty. So the difference is in the revelation. And if you can grudge Jesus that there's a certain kind of revelation, there's a certain kind of water, one kind of water, you will always be thirsty every single day. There's another kind of water that if you partake of this... You will never search again. And there is some revelational knowledge. And see, one thing about revelation, revelation begets revelation. If you can ever get true revelation about any area of life, it will start opening up more revelation to you. In that same area, you can pick any area. Some people just having a time with relationships. If you can ever get true revelation about relationships, and if you can ever understand some things, it'll it'll start changing some revelation and some results in your world, and you will stop being so thirsty. I don't care what the area is, I don't care whether it's money, I don't care whether it's joy and happiness and peace. Some folks thirsty for peace. Lord, give me peace. If you understand that peace comes from within, if you ever get that revelation, if you ever get the revelation that peace comes from within, no matter what's happening on the outside world, that, that's why I, I don't worry about all this stuff. No matter, if you ever get the revelation, if you ever understand the living water that peace comes from within, see, we're looking for peace. We're looking for peace to when we turn on the news that everything is peaceful. We're looking for peace that if our neighbor is peaceful. We're looking for peace that if our wife is at peace, then I can be at peace. Sometimes your wife just may not be at peace. It just may be that time of it, you know, and she just may not be at peace. (laughs) So if you can ever get the revelation, you will never thirst again. But we've got to get the living water. In Jeremiah chapter 2, and I want you to turn there and I want you to read this to understand one of the serious relations of just living water. And if we can ever get living water within us, where from our bellies will flow rivers of living water. In Jeremiah chapter 2, beginning at the 11th verse, verses 11, 12, and 13. The Bible says this. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? Basically, God says, has the nation changed to a god that in, in reality, no god at all? But my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this. And be horribly afraid. I, I preached my last sermon was entitled Fear Not It. Sermon number 5311 on airjesus.com. And, and here God is telling you, he, said, be, he just doesn't say be afraid. He says be horribly afraid. That, that's, you know, that's beyond just scared. That, that's just, he said be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. God says this. He said, first of all, be scared. Be very scared. He said, because my people have done two things. He says two things that they have done, and and, and, and it's a deep thing. He says they have, first of all, forsaken me. He didn't say the heathens. He said, who? My people. Turn to the person next to him. He's talking about us. He said, my people. See, he's not talking about somebody over in some other country, some other foreign religion, all that. He said, my people. He said, number one, he said, my people have forsaken me. He said, that they made them other gods that really not even gods. That's first part. He said, they don't, they don't, they worship they're worshiping stuff that there's not even other gods. They have forsaken my glory for stuff that have no profit. See, the stuff we think has profit in spiritual truth has really no profit. And they've done two big things, and they need to be very scared. He said, first of all, they have forsaken me, my people. Then he said, second, they have hewn out for themselves cisterns. A cistern is a pot that they use to put water in, but but God says the pot got holes in it, and it can really hold no water. We have tried to shape some stuff to, to put a false spirit in to hold what we think is the living water and the pot that we have made with our own hand has holes in it and it won't even hold the water and we got the wrong water in there in the first place. And that's what God was telling his people back then. Two evils and they need to be very, very, very scared. Let me tell you, first of all, the kind of pot that we make. Number one, we make a pot that's our pot. You all say our pot. You see, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in our vision is our pot. We no longer make a shared pot. Everything we're struggling for and hustling for right now is our pot, is my pot. We make our pot For us, and the pot that we make has an opening to put stuff in, but it has no opening to let stuff out. We got a one whole pot, and all that we are interested in is how much and how fast can I get stuff in my pot. The great revelation that Jesus had about the living water. See, all of us, we want, Lord, give me the living water. Give me the revelation. Give me the power. The key about the living water is this. He said, out of your belly shall flow. We focus so much because we have fashioned other gods that really are not gods that have no power and have no profit. We focus so much on filling up the pot. That's why we even call it now a pot what? Belly. See, see, even see 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 that yeah, that's why it's called a pot belly. So so we focus on filling up the pot. And he says, out of your pot will flow rivers of living water. We fill it up, but nothing is flowing out. Because our whole mentality in this whole society is geared to self. And it's not geared to giving. And that is, first of all, a revelation that can never be exactly spoken. It has to be felt and it has to be understood because it goes against nature. I, I see it in my children. It's the nature of the flesh. That's mine. Daddy, he, 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 I don't want him to test that. That's mine. Let him get his own. He playing with my thing, daddy. It's It is a childish, but yet a very human emotion to fill up only our pot. But Jesus was saying, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. And when you change from a pot filler to a pot flower, it changes your whole spirit. When you go from what can you do for me to what can I do for you? It it, it changes and do you know people most of our misery is centered around what can you do for me? Most of our misery is centered around the simple phrase of what can you do for me? And if we changed it from what can you do for me to what can I do for you it would even change our joy. It's a revelation that will have you never thirsty. Because you'll always be to do for other folk. The pot will never run dry. You can always help other folk. Because let me tell you something. Folk will always need help. There, there is almost an unlimited opportunity for you to help other folk. And some of you are thinking in your mind, I ain't got time to help. I need help myself. I ain't got time to help anybody else. I need some stuff in my own pot. That's why when, when the prophet went to the widow. And he told the widow, give me some bread, and then go make me some cake, and bring me a little something to drink. And the widow said, look, I only have a little bit of oil in my pot. And he said, take that little bit, get you all this, you know, and as long as she gave to the prophet, her pot never ran dry. She never thirsted. But he said, look, take what you have, and, and just take this little bit. She said, look, I only got this little bit. I'm just getting ready to bake this stuff, eat this, and die. She said, "I don't hardly have anything at all in my pot." And see, that's the way some of us are looking at. We're looking at our pot, and we say, "I only have a little bit in my pot to give." How much love do you have to give? I I need some love myself. Anybody loving me? I need some love, and I I don't have time to love anybody. I'm looking for love myself. And we are thirsty for love because we are looking for someone to put some love in our pot. And God is trying to say, I will fill you with living water if living water can flow out of your belly. And we can learn and and, and grab and and hang on to that revelation. and, And people, that is a major leap to be flowing out into the world and to be a giver. And there are so many people who are starved for so much. And you will find that when you start giving love and and giving care and and giving comfort, and when you take the mentality that now I'm going to flow out into the world, even from my little bit that I have, it will change your mentality, and it will change you from focusing on what you don't have to focusing on what you do have. Because there's one thing about it. You can never give without realizing the blessing of your gift. It's one, when I, when I, As I pray over the prayer request every day, as I pray over prayer requests, and it's what's happened when we have the corporate prayer and people pray over the tons of mountain wings prayer requests, what happens... Without fail, they come out and say, Ooh, I didn't realize how blessed I was. I was griping. I was complaining about this, that, and other. I just prayed over a lady today, just found out she had cancer three hours ago, just found out she didn't have but three months to live. Lord, I didn't realize how blessed I was. See, when you start giving and when you focus on being a pourer of the wine instead of having your cup held out all the time, it will change... And it will make you never thirsty again. Jesus cried unto the people to understand this point. Come unto me. Be a sacrificial person. Be a giver. And from your belly will flow rivers. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, simply go to airjesus.com. It's message number 5312, or if you would like to hear it again, message number 5312 at airjesus.com. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. This ends message number 5312 by Nathaniel Brawner. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5312 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5312. Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.